Hey there, I'm Victoria, a certified Christian life coach, author, motivational speaker, and university educator, and I am obsessed with helping you navigate through life's ups and downs so that you can live day by day in God's peace despite the many external demands on your time and energy. The Choose to Think Inspirational podcast is about the delicate dance between God transforming you from the inside out and your personal responsibility for change, maturity, and refinement as a Christ follower. On the show, I'll help you connect the between your faith and your life in practical, meaningful ways while giving God room to do what only He can do and so that you can shine your light for Christ and be better equipped to serve your family and help others around you. You can change every area of your life one thought at a time. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast Brain Changer. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Today on the show, we have James Edwards, and James is featured in and has been an incredible resource for the creators of the film Innovation Race. James is the founder and executive director of Conservatives for Property Rights and is the patent advisor for the Eagle Forum Education and Legal Defense Fund. He's an outspoken Christian, and part of why he is involved in the fight to protect patent rights is because God made us to create. Up until 2011, our country was dedicated to protecting this calling. The Bible largely shaped the worldview of our founding fathers, with our Constitution written not long after the Great Awakening. A few points that the Bible shares about innovation. Number one, God is the creator. And he's creative. Number two, God is the owner of his creations and has claims to what he has made. The Ten Commandments are essentially property rights. Number three, we are made in God's image and he has endowed us with his highest qualities, including being creative. Number four, the creation mandate. Adam and Eve were called to work, be fruitful, tend to God's creation. God gave us ownership and creative initiative. James argues that we have to protect those patent rights, just as we need to protect our other freedoms and religious liberties. The founding fathers believed everyone is made in the image of God and respected and protected property rights, including intellectual and creative properties. Article 1, Section 8, Protect Patent Rights, and this includes women and people of color. And this created a vibrant creative culture in our first 200 years as a nation. The movie, the film, Innovation Race, is currently available through virtual event cinema and is rolling out, has rolled out on streaming platforms beginning in January of this year, 2023. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about James Edwards. He advises companies, trade associations, and conservative organizations on patent policy. He's a founder and executive director of Conservatives for Property Rights. He's the patent advisor for the Eagle Forum Education and Legal Defense Fund, as I said, and co-director of the Inventors Project. He participates in the Medical Device Manufacturers Association's Patent work, Working Group. He mentors startups and early stage companies, largely in the med tech space, and he's involved in several IP-centric 
projects. He's a Lincoln Fellow in 1998 and Claremont Institute and former speechwriter at the Republican National Committee. He authored Property Rights, the Key to National Wealth and National Security, and has been published in the Washington Times, Investors Business Daily, Fox Business, Real Clear Policy, and IP Watchdog, to name a few. Edward served as legislative director to Republican Edward Bryant, the Republican of Tennessee, representative there in Tennessee, then a member of the U.S. House Judiciary Committee and handled IP legislative matters. Edwards also worked on the staff of John Duncan from Tennessee, the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee, and Senator Strom Thurmond. Um, RSC. In addition, he was an associate executive at the Healthcare Leadership Council. Edwards earned a PhD at the University of Tennessee and bachelor's and master's degrees at the University of Georgia. So you can tell, oh my goodness, what an intro for him, right? What an introduction to this gentleman who has so graciously agreed to be on our show today. So without further ado, we're going to just dive right in. And I want us to open up our conversation with everything creative. I want to tap in a little bit more into the whole notion of God creating us as creatives and with the ability to create. So without further ado, here's James. Okay, so here we have you, Jim, and I am so excited. Thank you so much for appearing on the show and agreeing to come on. It's my pleasure, Victoria, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, I you're fine. to this conversation. Yeah, me too, because I kept thinking, okay, how can we connect the dots between our thoughts? Because that's kind of the emphasis that we have here on the show, choosing to think. So can you help us, Jim, to kind of choose to think when it, start, when it comes to innovation and creativity, just connect the dots with all of that and our faith. And then we're going to move on into the movie in just a moment. Certainly. Uh, well, if you think about it, it's pretty straightforward, as you and, and I know from Scripture is, I mean, about every other page, there's some reference to God as the creator and or to his owning the things he created. You've got, of course, Genesis 1-1, but then, I mean, even just when you may not be expecting it, like a, a random verse in, in the gospel or a random verse in in an epistle or like uh, in Hebrews, it may be just a reference to the God who created the heavens and the earth or some, you know, phrase along those lines, just reiterating throughout God is the creator of the universe. He created everything. He, he created the expanse of the universe and the incredibly minute things that are, I mean, subatomic particles, things that we only know about theoretically, but we we're, we know something's there, but nobody's seen it. But, you, you know, scientists have figured that out. God made all of that. So he is, and of course, the creator. He created human beings as his image bearers. So that brings us to mankind or humankind. What else do we see in scripture is that God owns that which he has created. And that is stamped throughout in a similar manner throughout scripture that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and right. on and on and on. He, he owns everything. And, and of course, the whole uh, premise of being human beings is 
the tithe of 10% of our income to church is not designating that only 10% belongs to God. It's saying, here's the token of which he asked for, but he owns every cent I bring in or you bring in for a paycheck. He owns everything we own. So ultimately, he's the, the owner. However, under common grace, God has uh, been gracious to us believers and unbelievers in common grace, where everybody who is a human being endowed as the image bearer of God is creative. There's some, there's a creative faculty that we each have, and it manifests itself some more in science and math, some more on fine arts uh, sides, some of us just kind of in writing, some of us other things. But, you know, everybody has some creativity, even if they don't recognize it. Uh, and then second is everybody inherently owns what they create mm. or what they earn. We And you see this reflected throughout scripture too, the benefits of the fruits of our labor that belongs to us, you know, temporary, temporally here, but ultimately God, but still God entrusts us with those, those things that we make, make, that we earn. Ownership and creativity are the two core things. They're qualities of God. They're also qualities of man. So that's kind of the starting point, I'd say, with respect to scriptural view and foundation for creativity, innovation. Mm. So why is any of this even important? For 21st century Christians, what's the big deal about it? If you look at the first human beings, first uh, societies, how they get around, walk or ride some beast. That's pretty much it for a long, long time. How do we get around today? Well, a whole lot more ways. Much faster. We cover more ground an hour than would have been covered in a couple of days uh, by walking. All of that is made possible by property rights, private property rights, which gets to ownership and to the fruits of your labor, owning and enjoying the fruits of your labor. If you're the inventor, this is property that did not previously exist. Mm -hmm. So if you create a microchip empowers um, some function on a, on a, a smartphone, um, or on your computer, or on your car. Those are things that were property that previously did not exist. So it's not ex nihilo exactly like God's creativity, but it's kind of in a similar uh, manner. So what I'm trying to get at, though, Jim, is why should this be important to me as a Christian woman living, I hear I live in Kentucky, and I recognize that Yes, God is creator and that he owns everything. And then he created us in his image and we have some of those same privileges, so to speak. Why should I even care a hoot about this? Let's say I recognize I'm creative and I, I do a podcast. I love to write. What What's the big deal about it though? Where's the concern? Here's the big deal and why it should matter to every person. We're all beneficiaries of the inventions of others for the most part. Mm -hmm. I didn't invent my own car. I didn't invent my own house. I didn't invent my own computer. I didn't invent my own phone. I didn't invent anything of that nature. Um, it would be a long day before I'd even invent a 
small portion of any of that. Okay. Somebody did. Many people did. And the way that they did so was under the incentive of private property rights. Their ownership of the, the property they created, the invention they came up with that did not previously exist. And then under the patent system in the U.S., which is property rights oriented, um, its foundation is premised on private property rights, is if they didn't have an incentive, a financial incentive, exclusive rights to their property for a limited time of the patent, there would be no investors putting money in development of a new cancer cure right. or a new uh, disease treatment. There would be no incentive for anybody to, to invent uh, the microchips for a specific that empower a specific function. Um, the only way that patent rights work is if there's secure property rights in it. Mm -hmm. And that is what enables humongo deep pocketed investors to put money into something that's a long term risk and a lot of failures along the way. But eventually there's success, maybe. And at that point, they get return on their investment that is made possible by the, the patent rights. And if that doesn't happen, there's no new, there's going to be no new miracle drugs. There's going to be no new anything. Gotcha. So we need to protect those rights. So you rights. benefit, I benefit right. from their creations. That's uh, Phyllis Schlaf, uh, iconic conservative leader. Her father was an inventor and she watched him invent and get a patent on an invention. In the midst of the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment, um, fight, she was saying, you know, we don't need an ERA amendment to our constitution. The the one who is empowering women in America and, and abroad is our inventors. Mm -hmm. They're creating labor-saving devices that make our lives where we don't have to go to the creek to wash our clothes. We don't have to go and split wood for the fire, you know, to cook our food or things like, or warm our houses, things like that. She was making that argument that inventors are the ones who elevate the standard of living for women in particular in that instance. But in general, everybody in society benefits in some manner from, from that invention, from that in innovation. So is it that I'm just kind of taking advantage of this system? Is it, or taking it for granted? Because yes. I don't often think about this at all. It's taken for granted. Yeah. Yes, that's the problem. <laughs> okay, so what do we do? How do we fix that? That's a great question. I think you're doing a good role of, of ex expounding on this issue a little bit, this topic uh, today. The thing is more STEM education, mm -hmm. getting kids involved in math and science. I mean, that, if somebody sat me down earlier in my life, I might have been more inclined toward that because I've really learned a lot and become more interested. But I guarantee you science and math, if you look at my, my old uh, report cards, you'll see science and math were not my academic <laughs> strong suits. So we can encourage our children in that area, but in the... Give them things to play with that okay. are technological. Instead of playing video games, mm. remember the you know, years ago there used to be, and I don't know, there are probably still some varieties, but a chemistry set or a, yeah. um, an, an electronics set and, and set them off uh, showing them um, 
you know, giving them access to tools and old gadgets that you don't mind getting torn up and say, see if you can take this apart and put it back together. And that's the common theme I've heard from and read about from inventors is they started as kids and, and they were curious. Curiosity mm. was developed in them and they were allowed to and encouraged to disassemble and reassemble gadgets, radio or, you know, something. Obviously, don't give them your cell phone that you just paid a thousand dollars for and want to keep in service for a couple more years. But. That's right. You know, I love that you brought in just the child raising aspect of all of that and what we can do to stimulate that curiosity and what types of fears should we have? And I'm just going to use that kind of loosely or better word maybe would be concerns. What should be our concerns about taking all of this for granted? Maybe having an aloof attitude or mindset about all of the technology that surrounds us and that we use every single day. Any concerns there? What can happen if we you know, if we don't educate our children properly, if we don't increase that curiosity, if we don't give them some hands-on robotic kits or science kits yes. or increase funding for STEM education and so forth, what are the concerns if we don't? That's a great question. There are a couple that come to mind. One is there are two types of entities out there. Prim primarily, there are those who are the inventors, the creators of things, and the uh, and they rely on patents and entrepreneurs who rely on on commercializing those inventions based upon the patent exclusivity patents grant exclusive rights for the term of the patent mm -hmm. which currently is 20 years that's one group the other group is those who are implementers or users of other people's patents other people's inventions if you look at your uh, iphone and it's got probably you know four or five hundred patents represented in that one device wow. and maybe more. Um, but there are you know hundreds of, of patents that are represented there. So that's somebody a company that just basically aggregates other people's things and put it into a fancy uh, you know, attractive package and that and and just make sure that it, it works. But they're using other people's invention. They don't have the same respect or need. They're, they tend to be incumbent companies. What patents do is enables newcomers to challenge them and move progress of science and useful arts, as the term in the Constitution is. But that's a, that's a market threat to them because their current status is their number one. So mm. they are trying to weaken the patent system. And that goes for big tech companies, that goes for Chinese national champions, all those kind, kind of uh, entities are, are not so fond of the patent system. So they are working, the other, another set is those who are misguided. One of y'all's congressman, um, Thomas Massey from Kentucky, uh, an inventor with what's he got, 30 or 40 patents? He has said uh, frequently that I love inventing, but I would not have ever done it for free. You know, I'm not going to do it just for, for fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a hobby. If you're an inventor, you're not doing it, pursuing it as a hobby. That's what you need is the ability to commercialize it and take advantage of, of your invention. That's one group is that's harmed by um by the the 
weakening of our patent system. And the other side of the coin, and this kind of gets us toward the innovation race film, is China has positioned itself in a manner that that today it as a, a kind of as a, a civil military fusion model where everybody private quote unquote private and public uh, and you know, government um, and Chinese entities are trying to advance the interests of China and they strengthened their patent system while we've weakened ours. They're seeking, actively seeking, aggressively seeking to take the, the global lead in emerging uh, technologies. So that would be biopharmaceuticals, that would mm. be wireless technology, that would be artificial intelligence, advanced computing, quantum computing, all of those things. They're trying to outdo us and take the lead over the whole world. So that's serious. And that's that's what that particular film illustrates. But it's, it's broad, the threat is broader than that. One little topic is so much deeper than you first think. Like I can ask a question and you're answering it. And then 20 other questions are popping up in my head at the same time. <laughs> Because I'm getting a little bit of a sense of that, you know, you think you go to Walmart, everything's made in China. It's always been made in, made in China, but that is that is manufactured, correct? That's not necessarily patented there. And now you're saying that China, for example, is strengthening their patent system, whereas ours is being weakened. And that's kind of scary in a way, because it's like we're outsourcing everything. What's the end result? My head is kind of just swimming now with, with all of these, these thoughts. And But talking about the U.S. patent system, I think I have a question that all the listeners might, might want to know and be very curious about. And I'm definitely curious about, because I think it's safe to say that most of us at one time or another have said, hey, I've got this idea and it's a great idea and we need this. You know, it's from the necessity, you're chopping potatoes and you're like, wow, I wish I had a knife that did this or a peeler that did this. And so we, we all have those ideas, but the next step from that is, well, I could never get a patent because it costs too much. How much does a patent cost in general? Uh, you know, top of my head, I don't remember what the fees are at this point. I, I don't remember specific dollar figures. I, I think it's in the like between five and 20,000. There are lower fees if it's like an entrepreneur or an independent inventor. Do you see that as problematic? I mean, to have, I was talking with someone, my dad was in the intensive care unit at a hospital a couple of months ago. And one of the nurses there, he and I were talking about some things that we really needed. And he had just a terrific idea and he had pursued so far as to get a patent on his idea. And he said, but it's going to cost me 20 K. I believe that's the the amount that that, right. yeah, yeah, that he gave. And gee, it would be hard for me to just say, okay, I believe so much in this that I'm going to go forward with that. That's a pretty hefty chunk of change there, you know, but that was a stumbling block. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how much he researched it either, or if he looked at, okay, I'm an independent inventor. There are some price breaks there for me. 
I'm not sure, but are there other ways around that? Like if we have an idea for just something so simple. You'd need to check out who in your locality, who in your state are the angel investor groups. Who are the angel investors who are interested in helping people just like you and, and your listeners um, who may have an idea? And then there's mm -hmm. the, the, the typical, they call it friends, family, and fools. So <laughs> just raising money of anybody in your circle, family, friends, and fools. People with more money than the, uh, at least the, uh, than they're, than they have since. <laughs> Okay, you're right. Um, they're and, willing to, if they're willing to give you some, then that it help underwrite that initial um, thing. The the main thing I'd say is most people I've talked to, um, inventors, um, swear by uh, you know the doing it right and doing it wrong. The the wrong way is to try to do the patent application on your own. Um, it, it's worth whatever the the fairly small amount that a a patent attorney would would charge to prepare mm -hmm. it. It feels like a lot of money, but the cost if you don't get the claims constructed correctly and all of that could cost you far more in the future. So it's really yeah. an investment. It's not an expenditure. If you want to look right. at it. Now. Oh, that is good counsel too. I really appreciate that. And that was another question I had. It's not just the money. It's also the application itself. And, yes. you know, it seems to be fairly complicated. Now, I don't know what it's like in China. Is, do, do you, do you, I mean, are, do they have the same kind of, you know, you've got to go through an application and then fork out a big, heavy chunk of change? Is it very similar? It, it, I don't know all of the ins and outs of the Chinese system. In general, it's it's, it's comparable in terms of mm. you have to have an application. It has to be examined. It has to be proved patentable, whatever that means under their law. Um, it has to be demonstrated that it, it works. It's new and and those kinds of things. Hmm. Um, more general statement about the, the Chinese patent system is it's kind of um, takes a lot of the strengths of our patent system of 30 or 40 years ago and puts them in place. So uh, it's got a stronger system now because they mimicked our system when it was at its strongest, wow. um, that, say around the 80s. Yeah, that is so curious. And I, I want to circle back to the movie because I, I want us to really, really promote that. And let me sure. read just for a second about Innovation Race. It says this, for the past century, America has been the world leader in ideas, invention, and innovation, developing new technologies to solve complex issues, as well as tools to make our lives more comfortable and efficient is the realization of the American dream for many. But our grip on, quote, world leader status is loosening as China has emerged as a powerful political and industrial force. Today, China is threatening American innovation by exploiting weaknesses in U.S. patent protection and big tech is letting them get away with it. Innovation Race explores these critical issues impacting all Americans and proposes solutions for how we can restore U.S. dominance in invention, technology, and innovation. And listeners can also go to the Innovation Race movie dot com to get more information on that. But is there anything you'd like to 
kind of sprinkle in there, Jim, sure. about that film, please? Sure. It's a it's a very good documentary. And, and you say the word documentary and people's eyes sometimes say, I'm not going to watch a documentary. <laughs> it's boring. Yeah. It is anything but boring. It's pretty darn engaging. The innovation race draws a, a good picture and illustrates the state of play on our weakening of our own patent system and the corresponding strengthening of the, the Chinese system and China's goals at taking the innovation lead in the emerging technologies across sectors, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, AI, quantum computing, biotech, biopharmaceuticals, and all those kinds of things, microchips. So things that are crucial to modern life and industry, it is in military. I mean, all of those come into play. The innovation race shows that. And one thing that's unique about the, the movie is they pull through a thread through that. And they talk to a lot of bipartisan experts who really know their stuff and and, and they tell about what what's going on. But one thing that, that is a thread that runs through that film is a little uh, narrative, a little uh, revisiting an illustration. It's a student inventor and her attempts to invent her what she's working on and how that plays out as she goes along. So I'm not going to tell you the end of the story on that uh, thread through there, but it's, it really kind of brings things from talking head experts to focusing on a real life example. Mm. And I thought that was very uh, engaging. Yeah, very creative. Yeah, I love that. That's a that's a good element throughout that film. And so what would you say one or two things that we can do in addition to getting our kids involved in science and technology and hands on and fostering that curiosity in them? What else can we do to to now that we're aware, because really and truly before I never gave much thought about it. What do I do? What can I do? What's happening in Washington, for example? What, where do we show support to help in some way? Well, the, I appreciate your, your call to action uh, question. The main thing I'd say is, I mean, in addition to fostering uh, creativity, curiosity, uh, inventiveness in, in children and in yourself is uh, to learn you know, what's going on in Washington that are the, the battles that are um, being played out both in the administrative branch and the legislative branch with regard to things that would weaken and or strengthen our patent system. Like I mentioned, Congressman Massey of Kentucky, he's got a bill that would effectively repeal a 2011 law that has been so destructive. Uh, and he would reset not only that, but a number of Supreme Court rulings that have been um, unfortunate and weakening of mm. our patent system and patent rights. So his bill would be the premier bill I'd point to. Um, okay. It's called the Restoring America's Leadership in Innovation Act. The Massey bill is one thing. There's a Stronger Patents Act, which uh, is a good step in the right direction. There are other things that are good legislation, um, but there are also many, many bills that are um, destructive. This goes in a lot of ways. And, and one, one particular 
course and just becoming aware of what those challenges and issues are, what the opportunities are, and weighing in with your lawmakers. Let your congressmen and senators know that you are interested in this and concerned about what's at stake. The contrast we were talking about between the U.S. and and now uh, today's Chinese patent system, I mean, the Chinese patents (laughs) used to be nothing. It used to be, we're just going to steal American stuff and, and just copy it and mass produce it. Well, it ain't that anymore. Now they've got top notch inventors whom they incentivize them. They'll pay them uh, bonuses, awards for um, for inventing and getting patents issued on their pat- on their inventions. So they're playing to, for keeps. We're squandering our patent system, which again, it's biblically based. You're talking about creativity that God instilled in us by his grace, as well as the right to own what we create or the fruits of our labor. That's that's what's the issue here. It's squandering the gifts that God has provided us, the means by which we improve society for for more than just ourselves, or we or we give it yield that over to uh, adverse uh, parties and countries. Wow, I love how you just brought us full circle. That was that was genius. <laughs> I don't know how you did that, but I you just kind of pulled it all back together for us. And I really appreciate that. Sometimes that's my job, but you did it. So <laughs> thank you for that. And I also want to know how can we see that movie? The film uh, mm-hmm. availability will will be um announced in different uh, uh, places where it'll be showing and so forth. I'd say go to the Innovation Race, the movie. Okay. Believe it's .com. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. I think now you've given us so much to think about in, in number one, we, we do take advantage of so many technologies. Number two, we do have responsibility to help our children in this area and not just you know, just let it be or whatever, but that's something so important. I have grandchildren, so I can encourage them. And matter of fact, my granddaughter who's eight, she loves science, loves it. And so, you know, what better Christmas gifts to get and birthday gifts and so forth than to just stimulate that curiosity. And as a home educator, I love that. I love that aspect of, of that curiosity and creating that interest. And then also number three, we can increase our awareness just by watching this movie and getting a, another sense of, of what we're up against here and why it's so important. And then of course, contact our legislators and, get a, get an eye, you know, another view perspective on what's going on in, in our country and where we can show support there politically. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been just fascinating to talk to you, Jim. Great to talk to you too, Victoria. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And listen, if you like what you hear, would you leave us a one to two sentence review at Apple Podcasts, share the link with a friend, or tag me on your share on social media? It would mean the world to me and would help us to keep shining the light of Christ and sharing the good news to others who are in need of encouragement. Please visit us on our website at choosetothink.co. That's with the number two, choosetothink.co, to get on our monthly newsletter list. And if you need a guest speaker for your next women's retreat or church event, I'm your gal. 
email me at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. Finally, I offer limited free mentoring sessions each month where you and I can chat to help you develop a strategy for your thoughts in any area of your life. I'm a certified life coach and I have something to share. Visit choose to think.co and click on mentoring for more details. Also, keep in mind that the messages on this show are for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult your medical doctor for all medical issues. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you.